Hey, everybody, we made it to Basement Sports Podcast number two. Which means we were approved by someone, whoever has to approve it. So <laughs> we didn't swear too much. We no. didn't say anything that was wrong. We didn't no. do anything too bad. Yet. Yeah. <laughs> but again, we're only one in. So what this means is well, they wouldn't let us post anything when, until we had at least two done. Um, so this will be our second one, and you'll be able to find it. We'll post the links on Facebook page, on Basement Sports page. We'll put it on twitter and other places out yeah, there yeah um and then you'll be able to listen to two idiots while you're driving around <laughs> talking about weird stuff and hopefully we can uh make you laugh make you mad enough to want to call in when we eventually get the call in show working right leave right. comments on the facebook page we will look at them i we will uh, i promise you we'll answer every single comment that we get or question yep um and we'll go from there and see how this works out yeah looking forward to it i'd like to hear some comments um about the podcast, some ideas. Uh, we would eventually like to get some guests on and talk about various topics. Um, but really, really looking forward to getting into today and uh, talking a little bit of baseball. And it started officially. The Bryce Harper era in Philly is underway. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, big fanfare. Obviously, one of the best free agents out there. Um, right. Philly signed him. Right. And a home opener came up, and they gave him, like, a standing ovation without the right field, and he promptly struck out twice and, <laughs> and didn't do much the first game. But, I mean, the Phillies' lineup uh, is a powerhouse. Well, I yeah. shouldn't say powerhouse. They're just so much better than last year. The, last year's uh, two, three, and four hitters are now batting sixth, seventh, and eighth for right. the Phillies because they, they acquired uh, McCutcheon, who's leading off. They got Segura to play shortstop and all-star. He's batting second. Then you throw Harper in there in front of Reese Hoskins. Um, mm -hmm. And then don't forget Real Muto. They signed Real Muto. So they've got uh, – I think they're the only team, I just saw a stat, that signed three all-stars uh, the, the prior year uh, onto their team, which would be uh, Real Muto, Segura, and Harper. Um, right. And so now uh, Franco, who has two home runs in two games, is batting eighth. Cesar Hernandez is down there batting seventh. Gives them some speed at the bottom of the order. Right, um, right. And whoever they decide to put in the outfield, it's Ben Odebo Herrera. But um, they're scoring some runns. They've got – they're 2-0. Um, they've scored a bunch of runs. Yesterday they won 8-6 over Atlanta. Big division win. All the wins in the division come back to get you. Right, uh, right. But more importantly is um, the, the question mark for this team is going to be their starting pitching. Mm -hmm. Obviously Aaron Nola is an ace. Um, he shut down the Braves very – uh, very quickly, very efficiently. Uh, he looked unhittable at times. Um, he did walk too many guys. I think he walked four or five guys, which is he 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 doesn't usually do. And I'm I'm sure it has to do with early in the early in the season, maybe not having the feel. Right, right. Um, but yesterday they had a kid named Nick Pavetta. It's his second year. Um, got hit hit a couple times, but when you watched the game, he was getting squeezed. The umpire was squeezing the strike zone. He had, he got behind a couple times and threw had to throw one right down the middle, and they killed. Uh, yeah, just crushed it, yeah. Well, I, I mean, the problem with this whole thing is if you're not getting the strikes, that, the thing that bothers me about baseball in general, that was two outs with a guy on base and the number eight hitter was up. He fell behind him three of one because it was a bad call. At that point, walk him. Right, You got right. the pitcher on deck. Right. Two right. outs with a pitcher. And, of course, the guy threw, he threw a 3-1 fastball and the guy hit it into the stands. Right. So it cost you two runs. I don't understand why managers don't get rid of that number eight hitter. I get you don't want to turn the line over up every time. Right. Through. But um, it was a really poor decision. And I'm, I'm, I'm not a big Gabe Kapler fan as a manager. <laughs> I think he plays the numbers too much. Right, right. Uh, let him play ball. But they won. They're 2-0. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and in your point they they are going to score runs. There's no doubt about. It. I mean, you know, the first game they scored a bunch of runs, you know, Harper didn't have to be involved. Like he he you know, he didn't he have an impact. He, he wasn't. Was, and Real Muto was uh, not. Right. So, I mean, they've got they've got different sources to get offense from. You know, it doesn't have to be just Bryce Harper. You know, they've got um, multiple solid hitters on that lineup where it can be any different person on any different day. So, you know, they have that advantage as a team. Now, granted, you know, the Bryce Harper signing is the big, you know, big story of the offseason. But, um, you know, it doesn't have to be him every day or every night. No, and 
yesterday they were actually out hit ten to nine by the Braves. Right. Um, but you know they had some they had some home runs, which always helps. Um, the pitcher kept them in the game. The Braves' big hitters that that led them to the division last year: Acuna Jr., young kid, he was 0 for five. Uh, he left four men on base, and then mm-hmm. Josh Donaldson was the guy they saw. Their big free agent. Right. Uh, he was 0 for four. Uh, I don't think he has a hit yet on the year. It's only been a couple games, but. Um, uh, I don't. I, they're just not hitting. Other than Freddie Freeman, they're not ha- hitting, and they still only lost eight to six. And they they had ten hits. They just couldn't get them at the plate. Right. You know, they left seven guys on base. The Phillies only left four. You know, if, uh, home runs will do that. Yeah, home runs will do that. You're clearing the pads. You know, you're not going to be leaving a lot of guys on base. Um, Conversely, yeah, we can move to the Pittsburgh Pirates. Well, the Pirates have had one game in <laughs> three days. They did, so, but it was kind so, of telling. It was. I mean, their ace was on the mound. He had a lead. He came back and gave up a, a hit and two walks. They took him out, and the first batter of the reliever face gave up a three-run dinger. Yeah. Now, people aren't going to want to hear this, but I think it's disgusting what the what the Pirates management has done to this city, this team, the fans. Um, Pittsburgh's a city of champions, and there's absolutely one team in Pittsburgh that doesn't care to win. Right. And it's the ownership of the Pirates. They right. didn't do anything to right. get any better. They signed. I think they played yesterday due to Sterling Marte and the migraine. I guess it rained out yesterday, the first game of the year. Right. And they had a rookie in there who was overmatched. Right. He might be good. He's just young, hasn't played. But, he, you know, Melky Cabrera was a minor league free agent, like a minor league deal. Right. He made the team. He's been a, he's a veteran hitter. He's a great clubhouse presence. I get it. But when you're running that lineup out every day, Right. You you really can't – in the back of your mind, you can't think you're going to win. I think they're going to be the worst team in that division this year. The Reds, who have been horrible forever, right. actually made some moves. They got, you know, they got Puig. They got some pitchers, Wood from the Dodgers. They right. got some – but it, Pittsburgh's disgusting. Uh, they infuriate <laughs> me. Their ownership infuriates me. And I'm telling you fans right now, the only thing they care about is money – and I know you love your Pirates, and I know it's the best stadium to watch a game in in the entire country. It's absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. It's a great time. You can't go. you got to stay home. you got to quit buying tickets because these guys will not change anything no. if they're making money. No. But here's my question, and maybe this is some hyperbole, but if they had 10 fans in the seats on a given night or, or – you know, during the season, I know that's like an extreme, but I remember being down at Three River Stadium. There'd be, you're lucky there were a thousand, two thousand people there watching the game when they were horrible. Mm-hmm. Um, with the way that the, you know the, the revenues are shared. Yeah, they get revenue sharing. Yeah, from he's the big he, club. he's still making money. Well, he is, but what he's not making if there's ten people in the stands, he's not getting the parking. Right. He's not getting the concessions. They're not buying merchandise. Right. And and eventually, who's going to want to play in front of 5,000 fans right. every night? I mean, it's like, it's like a disgusting high school game. Yeah. Um, what's, I, don't, I don't get what's to get excited about. They there's used to nothing, have to some, get to, there's right, nothing right now to get excited about. rookies, man. <laughs> you used to go watch McCutcheon. Right. Marte is still fun to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, he didn't play. Right. The guy that people want to watch now is, is Dickerson. Yeah, he gives you a good at bat every time up. He hustles. Mm-hmm. Who else? They got rid of Josh Harrison. Got Josh ri- Harrison yeah. is a guy that his helmet would fly off, and he round and second, he'd get in a rundown and get right. out of it. I mean, there's no no reason to go to these games. Right. I don't right. get it. I don't get it. Neither do I. But you know, it's it's frustrating as a pirate fan. It's really really frustrating because at one point. Three straight wild cards. Felt we had something going and some kind of build. And as I mentioned the last time, I think the opportunity was there to make a big splash and really go for it. They didn't get a pitcher. And they, they, did, they didn't do for it. something at the deadline. Right. And they kind of got hamstrung last year because I really think that they were going to sell. Like they were all well, they out did. to Garrett yeah, Cole. Well, I, I understand that. But, but the thing was is that I thought it was going to be worse um, overall, you know, at the, at the trade deadline. But the Pirates went on a significant winning streak. I believe it was 11 games. And then they were kind of in it. 
So they couldn't, they had to end up being buyers and they do it. The do, you know, go with the archer trade, which wasn't a great trade. They gave up a lot. Well, they tried. He's a good pitcher. He's okay. Yeah. Um, he, but they gave up Meadows, who I think is going to be fantastic. Yeah. Another young, dynamic player that people could have got behind and let him watch play. Right. I mean, they developed, they drafted him, they developed him. The kid's a great little player. I don't know if he's going to be an all star anytime, but he's someone that fans would come to see. Right. Uh, right. Who are you going to see? You want to see Cervelli? He's probably he's one of the best personalities on the team. Um, uh, Josh Bell hasn't panned out. He's still young. He could figure it out. Polanco's hurt. Right. I can't even tell you who's playing shortstop on a day-to-day basis. Right. I mean, Jordy Mercer was not anything great, but he was solid. Right. I mean, the guy made all the defensive plays. Harrison, I love that double play combination. They're both gone. Right, right. Um, the kid, they signed that Kipnis in the offseason. He's hurt. Right. Um, like, I don't. I don't see the excitement. Like, why? If I'm debating well, on whether I'm going to rearrange my sock drawer or go to a pirate game, <laughs> I'm going to tell you what the answer is right now. I'm going to do the sock drawer. Yeah. It's, there's no reason to go downtown and watch them. Pay for the parking. Pay for the beer. Pay for anything at the food. Right. Um, anything you want to do. Fight traffic. Right. And you know everyone in Pittsburgh has no idea how to drive through a tunnel without slowing down 35 miles an hour, even though there's no red light stop signs or anything reason to slow down. <laughs> Come on, man! It's a mountain you have to drive through. You yeah, know, I get it. Don't you know Godzilla's going to like come barreling out of that tunnel I and just, eat your car? It's one of those things about Pittsburgh. People can't drive through tunnels. No, without they can't. slowing down no. to thirty-five mile an hour nope. for, no, for so, no reason. So, for all of Dark. you out there who are listening who are not from Pittsburgh, just you need to experience that. Yeah. But I will say this: I will say this though, in all defense of Pittsburgh, like I've I've spent a career sitting in traffic in front of those tunnels. Yep. But I've also had the opportunity to be at some other large cities. Pittsburgh's minor league as far as traffic compared to some of these. Well, you can't compare it, it to L.A. or anything. Well, like no, that. I mean, I've, I've been in Chicago traffic. Okay, yeah. Chicago traffic is a nightmare and there are no tunnels. I mean, right. it's Illinois. It's flat. Right. Okay, there's nothing. It's just, it's just, just a lot of people. This is volume. Right. This is volume. And the problem with Pittsburgh is <laughs> once you get through the tunnel, it opens up like a video game where you can just start going. Yeah. There's nobody around no, because people just, slow down for no reason. It t- it turn, you get to the other side and it's the Audubon. <laughs> yeah. Now I will say this, when you're coming from the South side, from the airport right, side, right. you go through that tunnel mm-hmm. and you come out on that bridge. Oh. It's one of the nicest views you're ever going to get. Especially at night. At night. Especially the city night. is lit up. I just had a uh, chance to, I just came through there last night. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, maybe great that's skyline. Why, maybe that's why people are slowing down to get that view. <laughs> but coming in from from the east, uh, <laughs> I got to tell you, it's a pain. Well, I'd love to attribute the quote, but I remember somebody saying, like, the first time they came through there, they said it was the only city that they've ever known that has a front door. That's right. <laughs> kind of, right. you know, kind of opened it quote. up, and, and there it is. So I. I thought that was a great quote. But. but I can tell you guys, if you like baseball and you've never seen a game at PNC Park or you haven't been to Pittsburgh in a while, yeah. it's not a dirty steel city. Anymore. No, no, it's uh, not. It is gorgeous. Yep. It's affordable. Yep. Uh, it's it's beautiful. There's plenty of places to stay. Yep. Um, getting in and out of, well, at least getting out of that stadium is the easiest stadium to get out of at the after a game, a concert, the casino. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a great job with all that. There's plenty of ways to get around. Um, highly recommend it. Yeah. I, I The Pittsburgh downtown is really, really great. Um, you know, PPG Paints Arena for the Penguins, you know, is a beautiful venue. Even the Peterson Event Center for Pitt Basketball is a great place to watch. My, my wife and I went to a concert there. And I had never been to a concert at I've never the been peak. there for a concert. And it was really, really good. I mean, the acoustics in there, you know, it's, it's not built for acoustics, so the acoustics are okay. But uh, it's it's a the sight lines are great, you know, and, and where they set up the stage, et cetera. Yeah, there's so, definitely no bad seats in there. No, there aren't. And um, Same way with hockey. You can see from anywhere. I'll be curious. I had to talk to a friend. He was at PPG Paints Arena last night to see Kiss. Oh. I think this is the sixth farewell tour. I told him I'm not going. I'm going to wait till the seventh farewell tour, uh, or at least wait till somebody dies or something. I get, I, you know, I, you I, know, it, talking about that pit, uh, it's on top of what they call cardiac hill, yeah, because it's ridiculous to yeah. walk up there, yep. and half the parking decks are reserved only for the hospital 
visitors or patients or right. employees. Right. It's a pain. But I can tell you, if you go up behind the stadium, up near the baseball field, which, again, is a really, really nice, nice area. area. Nice area, Nice yeah. field. Um, yep. I assume they're in the ACC for baseball yeah, as well. Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, some really good baseball. There's a parking deck back there that has a walkway to through a parking lot that takes you right down a couple sets of steps, and you end up right at the arena. Right, it right. Is, it's so easy if you know where you're going up behind it. Right, uh, right. Do not, do not park in the city and try to walk up it. <laughs> no. You'll take a couple breaks. Straight we, up the hill. We actually ended up having to, <clears throat> excuse me, we actually ended up having to, um, we parked down on Fifth Avenue, and we ended up walking to O'Hara and then walking up the hill, which I guess when I was a drunken student at Pitt, that hill was a lot steeper. <laughs> you know, I don't know about. I don't. That. I don't. It just. It didn't bother me as much. It really didn't. Like going up there. But here's what sucked. You get up there now to the Peterson Events Center. Now you have three gigantic flights of outdoor stairs to get oh. up to get to the door. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, wasn't I tortured enough? Yeah. Not only that. You know, do you know why those bars are so successful there? Because people have to take a break. Yeah. And if I'm taking a break, if I'm going to have a heart attack, I'm going out with a beer. Yeah, exactly. So I, I time my breaks to get right in front of the beer, uh, the right. bars and the beer and the right and the, the a lot of fun down there, because it's a pit campus. So there's a lot. It of, is a lot of lot of stuff going on. It has changed though exponentially since you know since I was a student, and I'm not, you know, I'm not <clears throat> whining about that. I think change is good, but almost all of the old hangouts except for the original hot dog shop yeah, yeah. are gone you yeah know, well you know who gone. isn't gone those bars on the hill yeah I'd yeah where people uh, have to stop to take a break so they don't die and they go in there for a beer <laughs> or a drink or a water or something i agree that you know the little pit stadium needed to be torn down and i and you know the too. peterson's a great place but you know we could talk about this on a different podcast and i you know i'd love to get some opinions from people on the on social media who are pit fans and uh, you know, there, there's always this back and forth about building an on-campus stadium because they share Heinz Field now with the Steelers. They share the training facilities with the Steelers. Right. Um, I'm not exactly sure that that would make much of a difference. Um, uh, you know, first of all, we're probably you, not for the cost. No, it's like I mean, how far do you think the pit to pit football team has to travel from the campus down to the stadium. Yeah. What is it? 10 miles. Yeah. It's not that far. Plus there's another thing going on. It's like, there is nowhere on campus. Where in the hell are you going to yeah, put it? There's no more. Land. So you're going to be somewhat of a distance from campus anyway. Right. No matter what. Well, that's I mean, true because UPMC owns a whole, everything around there. Right. And right. They just keep putting more buildings. Yeah. And stuff keeps going up. And, so, and you know, look, there are other programs that have had success being city campuses, University of Miami, you know, just one that comes to mind. So I'm not, you know, it's a matter of you put a really, really uh, good product on the field and you start winning, um, you know, the people are going to show up. Now, I will be critical of Pittsburgh sports people. We're, and look, I'm not taking anything away from Pittsburgh. It's a great sports town. It really is. But you've got a beautiful Saturday afternoon. Noon kickoff or three o'clock kickoff, you know, you've got ACC football, you know, tickets are cheap. They are. Go watch a game. Okay. Go watch a game. I think it comes back to they're no good. No, they're not. I mean, they're, but they're also in the weakest division of the ACC. Correct. Okay. So, you know, the one game it, within the ACC that they could like when Miami comes to town. Okay. Well, you're, you're going to get more people. You're going to get a lot of Miami fans. Because they do travel. Um, when Notre Dame comes to town, because well, they're kind of like ACC light. Penn you know, State. When Penn State comes to town, yeah, you're going to get a sold-out crowd. But Syracuse is improving. Okay, they're getting better. Virginia's always, you know, kind of in the middle there. Virginia Tech had a horrible year yesterday. They, they did. Horrible year last year. So, you know, it's it. I, I get it, but it's football. All right? And as you start going to games, it's – and it's in Heinz Field. And it's on Heinz Field. Yeah. And it's a nice, you know, it, it's a nice day. Now, now people say, well, it's more of a Steeler town. Well, yeah, 
And, you know, I talk to people that have a longer history of dealing with Pitt football than I do. When Pitt stunk, when they were at Pitt Stadium, they didn't sell it out. You know, it'd be empty. Yeah. Now, it was one of the most uncomfortable places to watch the football. The old stadium was disgusting. It was. It was. But, you know, when they were winning, you know, in the days of <clears throat> Marino, you know, Dorsett, Marino, Marino, they packed them in. But, you know, you've got a much nicer venue now than you did with Pitt Stadium. Well, not only that, but the location. You're on the river. You're right across the street from the river right, walk. Right. So you could go watch a game, win or lose. It's a, like right. you said, a nice Saturday afternoon. Right. You can, after the game, usually a noon kickoff, somewhere around there, right? Yeah. You go across the street and you have all the restaurants and bars. You just walk up the river walk yeah. along the river. The casino is right there to your right. Right. And you're coming out. Um, it's just, it's not only the game. It's a, it's a day. It is and, a day. And if you, if you're an opponent's fan of someone that's playing pit, uh, highly recommend coming in, seeing the game, and just walk around that area. It, yeah. They've done a really nice job the, down there. The, other, the We were at a game last year, and there was a Penn State fan. You know, he had, he had some Penn State stuff on, and we got to talking. And he's like, you know, Penn State was playing later in the afternoon, I believe, if I got my story straight. And he said, I, I'm just down here. I love football. Right. You know, I, you know like you and, said, and you can like, get into cheap tickets. You can get in. You can buy a ticket. You can, you know, walk in. I used to have season tickets a while ago. My son and I used to go, you know, and now, you know, things get busy and, you know, so much is going on that, you know, we don't get season tickets anymore. But we can go to any game because you walk up and buy tickets. You can sit in a different place every single time. You can. So I, I, I'd, I wish, you know, I really, I mean, me being a Pitt alum, certainly I'm biased, but. I really hope that, you know, the team continues to improve a little bit. I like Narduzzi. I think one of the problems that they've had is they've kind of cycled through a bunch of offensive coordinators over the past few years. They haven't had very many good quarterbacks either. No, they haven't. I mean, Nate Peterman was serviceable. He certainly hasn't been a very good pro quarterback at all. But I think you statistically know, with that, he may be the worst quarterback of all time he, in, very the pros. But, but in the pros. But – that year, it was him and James Conner and... Oh, don't get me for wrong. That, for uh, that. Pitt can run the ball on anyone. Yeah, they can. Anyone. Th that year, though, they could also throw it. Yeah. Okay. Well, at least and, play action. Well, play action. But one of the problems that Pitt has now is they really don't have a serviceable receiving tight end. They don't have a threat in the middle. All right? And, uh, you know, they've got to develop that. Because if you don't have that threat, anybody coming off the line to catch a pass or you know, either of their running backs, you're not afraid of them catching a ball. Their receivers, you know, their receivers were really, really disappointing last year. And, okay, they, they've got, you know, they, they've got a couple of recruits coming in. I believe they have a uh, Juco transfer coming in, playing tight end. You know, they've got to get them involved in the offense. Because What's remarkable about Pittsburgh last year was they had no big play potential. No. I mean, no. their best play is like a jet sweep with the fast receivers or one of those right. bubble screens out to the outside where he, if he gets a couple blocks and breaks the tackle, yeah. he can run. Um, and remarkably, even though they would stack the box against them because they had no threats, they still ran the ball down your throat. Right. Now, that's great. If it's a tie game, you're ahead, you're keeping the clock moving, it's old-fashioned football, you get down by more than seven points, the game's over because you can't go shotgun and throw the ball down the field. Right, right. Um, I, I'm not a – I'm not – I don't hate Narduzzi. Um, I just think when he's recruiting, he obviously likes to run the ball. Yeah. Well, that's his mentality. Right. But you still need a quarterback that can throw. Kenny Pickett, nobody I, – I doubt – anybody's taking the ball from Kenny Pickett this year unless he gets hurt. Okay, but the Panthers did recruit, get a four-star quarterback recruit out of South Carolina named David Bevel. All right. There's a lot of there's a lot of hype around this kid. Um, he's a grinder. You know, he, he works really, really hard. He enrolled early so he could come in. That's important. In. Yeah, he, so he could come in, be a part of practice. Just – Knowing about college football and how they operate, they they want to redshirt him in the worst way, um, and then let him you know compete next year. Well, you know you but, can always redshirt him, and then if the guy gets hurt, you yeah, can pull the redshirt. Pull the redshirt. Um, yeah. I don't know. There's so many quarters you're allowed to play and still keep your redshirt status. Right. I mean, he's a big kid. He's six foot five, two hundred pounds. You know, he's a big kid. He came from a pro style system in South Carolina. 
he's not really a dual threat, but he can he can run it. They don't he need can a tuck dual threat. Run, no, but you know they got. I think it's going to be really really interesting, and you know I I want to run down to the to the blue gold scrimmage because I'd like to see him play. I mean, I'm really, really curious to see him play. Now, scrimmages, you know, I mean, and you know this from the Penn State scrimmages. It's mm-hmm. got, you know, it's it's like, you know, they're running guys in and out and trying some different things. It generally turns into a snooze fest. Well, at you, a certain you point. do but get to see him throw. Yeah, you do get to see him throw. And you want to see how these kids operate. I remember going to a blue goal scrimmage back when Billy Stahl was a quarterback for, for Pitt. And uh, him and uh, uh, Tino Sinceri were, were competing for the – for the starting job and <laughs> it was like the offensive line was telling the defensive linemen and linebackers Olay. they're just i mean it was like there yeah. was no uh, these don't get anybody hurt these poor guys were just getting crushed back there and you know it's gotten a little better as time's going on they're really really not any kind of remarkable scoring games or anything like that but it but is live it's live I mean, people it's, are yeah. trying to get to you there's right. pressure on the quarterback and, they wanna, and they, these guys want to win a job you know they, right. they got guys like hey I'm the second string linebacker behind this guy, but I know I'm better than him. Yep. So I'm going to go out there and I'm going to blow people up. You and know, I'm, even if I they're get my chance. teammates. Right. Well, yeah. And, and you don't want injuries and stuff, but you have to hit. Well, and yeah. that's live. You get to see how the quarterback handles the pressure. Um, you get to see if he's accurate. Right. You can see if the receivers can get deep. Right. Um, right. So there is some, some reasons to have those games. Oh, sure. Sure. Uh, Penn State blue-white game is almost like it's ridiculous. Like, they get as many people there as a regular, as a regular season, season game. game. It's sure. ridiculous. It's, it, a big par- it's a big party. It, it is. It, it's just, now, it's I will just say this party. before we get out of this topic, because this wasn't even one we wanted to talk about, nah, actually. But, but Penn it. State has just redone their entire parking situation for this so year. So what is it now? Four quadrants. Okay. If you're coming from the north, south, east, or west, you have to go a certain place only. Oh, wow. Uh, and it's going to add significant travel time. Because if you have a parking pass in the west, but you're coming from the say east, yeah, you can't park in that in the fields anymore. You got to go around the campus, down wow. South Atherton Street, bumper to bumper, um, until you get to your designated spot. It's going to be a hassle. I uh, I'm probably gonna I'm gonna try to go down to at least one Penn State game this year, possibly two. They're so much fun. So I get oh yeah yeah the tailgates are great and you know I it, it's it's. It's funny. I was talking to people, and they're like, "Don't even attempt to go to downtown State College. Just don't, don't bother unless you live down there." Because well, you got to walk. Yeah, you got to walk. Yeah, yeah, don't, don't. Walk. There's nowhere to drive. There's nowhere to park. No, um, no. But it's crazy. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah definitely absolutely. hit a get an Uber, get a taxi. They have all that stuff there from the stadium. It's a few miles from the stadium, but it's fun. Uber driver can make some bucks. That yeah, day. it's a lot of fun. Especially downtown. coming back and somebody's drunk and they like over tip you. They have a <laughs> bunch of. Uh, Micro brews. Yeah. They oh, just yeah. opened up the Federal Tap House. Oh, there's there. some great, um, great places. To right eat on College on. Avenue. Yeah. Um, a lot of places now you just walk in and oh, I know. it's a lot of fun. Oh, it is a lot anyway. of fun. It is a lot of fun. I enjoy it. Though, you know, we'll be talking more about college football, you know, as we get into the fall. And my favorite time of the year. And I love college football. And I know you do, too. I you do. Know, it's, it's a, you know, it's a big, big deal. Love I actually love college football more than I like pro at this point. Uh, you know what changed me is the refereeing in the NFL has totally changed me. I don't even want to watch a game. I'd rather listen to it in the radio because I can't right. see the bad calls. <laughs> um, well, what do you think? Okay, so let, let's ask this question. What do you think about the replay for pass interference? That um, I, I don't. I just. I don't think they should have it just for that rule. I think they could add another one or let it be eligible as one of your challenges. They already have challenges. Add that play as a challengeable play. Right. And then, especially the Saints, that Saints game. Uh, just now, if you don't, if you're out of your challenges and that happens, you got to go with the yeah, call. You, you can't do anything it. about it. Right. I don't want a holding call challenge. I don't want, no, I don't no, want any of that kind of stuff. No. That's, that's ridiculous. The game will take 15 hours. But if you just, it's not going to extend the game anymore if you just add to the things that can be challenged. Keep the challenge system the way it is. You get two. If you get them both right, you get another one. If the referees are so bad that you're right and they're wrong on both right. of the first two. So right. I'm okay with it. I mean, I, I want the players to determine the outcome of the game. Right. The Saints got gypped out of a oh, Super they got Bowl chance, Or at least a 30-yard field goal attempt on the last play of the game that right. would have put them in the they Super just, Bowl. They could have just run down the clock till there was two seconds left. And, and tried the field goal. goal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, if he'd have missed it, All overtime. Right. And they not. did go into overtime. 
Yeah. And they had a and chance they, to score. Had, they had yeah. the ball first, and he yeah. got picked off. So they, it's not all not. You got to give the Saints um, a little bit of criticism for that. They had their chance, but right. that was right. ridiculous. That, yeah. that call. And there's three guys that they watching were all that looking play. At, they're all they're looking all right at. there. They're yeah. all there, and you know that someone said to them, "Swallow the whistle," unless it's death. Unless he's dead, but it was. I mean, you. It gotta, was horrible. It was horrible. Got to throw. It was the worst call in that. NFL history. I mean, I've I've heard about NHL referees swallowing the whistle during playoff time, but and they do. You know, and they do. They do. But it's it's, you know, Dan Rooney. I think I was reading somewhere. Dan Rooney, uh, when he was alive, had mentioned about putting you know an extra official in the box, you know, to kind of like yeah. look over things and could actually, you know, buzz down and say, hey. You know, we that was voted this. down. Yeah, I know. I know. But it was, you know, I thought his idea was not a bad idea because the, I don't know all of the details, but the way that he structured it, it wouldn't have really added time to the game. No, what, just, what he said was, let's just have a guy up in the booth, a skybox, they called it, mm-hmm. reviewing, seeing the same replays that we see at home. And if he sees that that's a problem, he hits a buzzer and it notifies the people on the field and then they call timeout and then they look at it. Right, right. It doesn't have to be every play, but when it's glaringly like that game, um, the problem is one of the problems is is the pros are starting to go a lot of up tempo stuff now. Right. So right. he and he's got this guy might only have fifteen seconds, ten seconds between the time that, especially if it's a first down call controversy, they run to the line and try to. Yeah, they want to. They want to make sure it's know, not reviewable. Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. I do like the idea that someone could see the same thing we're seeing because we're sitting at home going, "How did they not see that?" I uh, know, you know. Well, and you, you do. I agree with you on, you know, like holding penalties and things like that. But even going back last year to the Steelers Chargers game, that obvious, you know, false start, like he started a full beat before, <laughs> and that ended up being a touchdown. It you did, know, and wasn't that the horrible? Pass interference call in the end zone against the Saints. It's against the Saints. No, the Saints Hayden, got yeah. that one. He never yeah. touched them. He did. No, no. It was it was an awful, Great. awful call. Those are the kinds of things that should but, be reviewable. But you know, the NFL has moved to full time officials. Am I am I correct? At least there's some. Some. Of, I don't think some they all of, are. Not no. all. Some. No, but, I think like the ref, the head, the head. Was it? There's a referee, the head guy. Yeah, the referee. Yeah, and then yeah, the umpire right, and stuff. Right, I think right, the head right. guys are, are full time. But see, here's 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 what it gets down to. Then is that, you know, you can go people. Well, let's put it to you this way: people bitch a lot more today because people have more access to the product. All right, you know, I mean, people still go back to 1979 and Mike Renfro of the Houston Oilers <laughs> in the end zone against the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. I can't say whether it was or it wasn't, but on on, in my opinion today, if that play was called a touchdown on the field, there wasn't enough to overturn it. Oh, you had to it. keep it. That okay, way. that would have had to have been kept. All right, and this this is coming from a Steeler fan, so yeah. I'm not, you know, I'm not denying that. But you know, if, if people bitch about that, and there have been bad calls, you know, for years and years and years and years. All right, people still in Oakland still bitch about the immaculate reception well, that's a and tuck said that roll. it should have never, or the tuck rule, yeah. you know, or all of that stuff. So it's nothing new, but I think the volume of voices is well, louder because not only that, but the sheer number of people that are watching these games in high def now. Correct. I mean, you can see blades of grass and dirt kicking up from the guy's cleats as he's running down the field. You can tell if the ball hit the, hit the ground or not. Right. You can. And now you've got, DirecTV has the NFL package where every game's on TV. Right. Do you, remember, you know, when we were growing up in those bad calls, you didn't know about them. They were still there. But the only thing you saw were the highlights at 11 o'clock on the sportscast, on the news. Right, right. You couldn't go to it, the ESPN or YouTube. You know, the day you can go watch a whole game on YouTube five hours after it's over. I know. Someone downloaded it. I know. It. Somebody downloaded it already. That's what I was telling my wife the other day because we, we were having that conversation about cutting the cord and getting rid of cable or dish or whatever like that. And, you know what? She goes, well, what about your football? Would you want to get like an NFL subscription? I said, hell no. I said, I could watch the game later if I wanted. I watch any game. I, you can stream games. You can listen like to the radio. Let's do it on the radio. Um, watch it. Watch it, you know, on video later because on YouTube, it's going to be there. You can you can catch the highlights immediately. 
They're, you know, you can go on NFL.com and the highlights are right there. Yeah, I very rarely watch a game anymore on the Red Zone channel. Oh, the Red Zone channel, yeah. Uh, where they just flip that's back like, and forth that's to every like play that's going football on. football crack. Oh, it's, <laughs> you can sit there. You can literally sit there for 12 hours. Right. Starting at 1 o'clock, then the 4 o'clock games, then the Sunday night, the game. The game. Um, it's crazy how yeah. you can just sit there and watch it. But um, you can see everything that's going down now. So, yeah, you need to get it right. right. If we can tell at home that the guy was mugged, the guy took his wallet, his cash out of his po- out of his pants, and there's three referees standing there, and they look at each other, and they n- neither one of them, none of them, blow the whistle. Right. They were told, "You don't, you let this go. Let him play. If there's no death, blood, whatever, <laughs> if it, no one fires a weapon in the stadium, right. don't say a word. Let's just, just make the teams make the plays, and it's exactly. it's not right. I, I was jaded. I'm jaded because I was a I was a basketball official for years and one of the things that bothered me were people that wouldn't call a foul with one second to go when they call the same foul one second into the game yeah a foul's a foul it doesn't matter when when you do it and people say well you can't do that well yes you can it's not our job to determine if the game ends on a free throw or not it's the player's job not to foul yeah you know yeah it's just it's ridiculous and i'm jaded Uh, i'm I'm losing my love for sports the more i watch i think that the officiating in sports is just more highly criticized i was reading um and watching the highlights the other night between the um uh golden state warriors and and the timberwolves so i don't know if you caught the end of it but i did not yeah oh i did see the highlights yeah so you know, Kevin Durant came down with the ball. You know, they needed a three to tie. He goes up, buries a three. There's a foul called, but they said the foul was on the floor. Okay, that right. no shot. Now, when you, you know, and of course, you know, Golden State bench freaks out. And this is in I, the NBA where everything's yeah, continuation. Where every, yeah, everything's continuation. But I could see, I think what the official was trying to say, I, I could see what he was saying, although I think he was being really nitpicky about it, especially in the NBA. Mm-hmm. Then Steph Curry hits a three to tie, tie. the game. Yeah, puts it into OT. And, but then he's mocking the official as he's going. So he he could have easily gotten teed up. He right probably there. should have. That was yeah, more of a more, yeah, he correct should, call yeah, than the I foul. Yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. He could have like – he there, there was zeros on the clock. He could have gotten teed up. The guy for the Tim, uh, you know, a guy for the Timberwolves could have walked up, buried a free throw, game over. Mm-hmm. So now we're, you know, you know. So now it gets to a point where it's overtime, and there's, you know, there's another controversial call where they said, well, the official uh, Durant fouled somebody with like no time left. That's point one. Point one, and the inbound pass had gone like ten feet over the rim. Right. Maybe they're saying he fouled. So, like, when there's, like, a, a, a tenth of a second on the clock, it better be – you better tackle the guy better on the court. Better punch him in the face. Yeah, right. to, get, to get a foul call. Yeah, throat punch is the only right. thing that's going to hurt you here. Right. Um, the other thing about the NBA and most playoffs is why have a regular season when as soon as a playoff start, you officiate differently? Yeah. It's the same way Hockey does it. Hockey is the NBA same way. does it. Right. In the NBA, you can do anything you want in the playoffs. Right. Literally, I know. I know. And then the team—that's why the team that wins a regular season—that's why it amazed that Golden State wins every yeah. year because they don't referee it the same. No, they don't. Well, let's let's change gears a little bit here. Let's talk a little NCAA basketball because uh, it is we are going down from the Elite Eight to the Final Four. Two games today. Two games today. So we've got uh, Kentucky and Auburn and Michigan State and Duke. Michigan State Duke's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. Yeah, I'll be I'll be firmly ensconced. Uh, I don't know if you saw the Auburn out. game where they knocked off uh, – who'd they knock off? North Carolina? Mm-hmm. They hit every shot. They yeah. looked like the best team in the country. But they looked like they looked like that in the SEC tournament. They did. Like, they looked they like really they did. could not miss a shot. They did. Um, but that game, they just totally outclassed those guys, and it was crazy. Mm-hmm. Um North Carolina, I, I always said Duke was, wasn't going to make it because they can't shoot. Right. Well, you know what? They've survived two wide-open layups. They should have been out two rounds ago if a guy could make a layup. Right. Um, right. But here they are. And then the best team in the country all year who beat Duke twice, and the third time they lost uh, by one point because Zion was there and he had a tip in at the end. Right, um, right. They're out because Auburn got hot at the right time. Right. Yeah, it's – it's going to be interesting. So I, you know, I'm thinking. 
I'm actually picking Auburn in the first game. I mean, my thought is I think Auburn's going to keep keep it going against uh, against Kentucky. I I to me, Michigan State and Duke is a toss up. Uh, Michigan State's playing really well right now. Well, Tom Izzo, he's a great he goes coach. to the Final Four every year. Um, <laughs> he's a great. It's just coach. what he does. If you watch the Big Ten, and unfortunately, I watch Penn State basketball for just because I'm a masochist. Um, they get so much better. You're going to beat them. They lose if they lose five games a year. Four of them are in the first month of the season. But they're they're off. You know, non-conference schedule's brutal. And guess like, what? They're ready for the tournament. Yeah, he yeah. gets that rotation figured out. Mm-hmm. He gets the plays that work. He gets to their strengths. He yells at his players, and then oh yeah, get all over they him freak about out. That. that was so. That was just ridiculous. That's people that have never played sports. No, they haven't. Yeah, they haven't. But I'm telling you, I don't know if they're going to beat Duke. I think they can beat Duke. Mm-hmm. The problem is, I don't think it's a matchup. Um, but Michigan State doesn't shoot well either. They're a banger team. They yeah. run good plays. They score inside. Duke's yeah. the same way. So that's it's it's kind of uh, neither team's a good shooting offensive team. So who depends on who gets hot. Right, right. Um, I don't know. Auburn and Kentucky, uh, Calipari's the same way. They were 10 times better at the end of the year than they were at the beginning. Mm-hmm. They're very young. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, they're big. Kentucky's always big. Auburn's hot. Yeah, if Auburn can continue shooting like they have been, they'll – I picked Virginia and filling out my bracket. I had Virginia and Duke in the finals, and I had Virginia winning. Really? So, so I going, still have a chance. So going from last year, the first number one seed to lose to a 16 in the first round. And they were round better than th- this to, year's team. Yeah. And boy, that'd be some story. Uh, they uh, but remember really last year. I think they only lost three or four games all yeah, year. Yeah, they were. What did they do against Pitt? They held Pitt to like seven points in the first half. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember how ugly, but oh, that was horrible. I don't even know how many shots Pitt got up. But yeah. um, I picked them. I also picked Tennessee, who's out. Mm-hmm. And I believe I'm trying. I did pick. I picked Gonzaga, so they're out. But yeah, I do have Virginia. Was, I'll tell you what, Duke. Texas Tech. Good defense. They are a really good defensive basketball team. See, I didn't know if they were going to be able to pull that out because Gonzaga had a lead, but somehow Texas Tech got hot shooting the ball. And Gonzaga has a monopoly on that West Coast basketball out there right now, yeah. but they played nobody all yeah, year. They didn't. I no. mean, their strength of schedule was horrible. Yeah. I can't believe they won this many games. It's just a tribute to those kids are good. Like they get they, oh, they get they, they get, get good the West recruits, Coast huh? players. I mean, players would rather go there now than UCLA, USC, yeah, all those. The major, it's a great, basketball and it's a great school. campus. I mean, it's a great atmosphere. Yeah, it's supposed to so Spokane. I think yeah, it's I in Washington. So. Yeah. I believe, yeah. Um, nice area. Mm-hmm. Um, but they played nobody, so uh, yeah. I'm not surprised they didn't make it. I actually thought they'd be the first number one out. Uh, but I can't wait to watch this Michigan State game. The, the tournament's been pretty much chalk. Always, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, everyone it's, it's, loves upsets. You know what yeah. they do? They say they love upsets. No, yeah. the bottom line is we got like a one, a two, a, a, a one and three. Yeah. Like it's chalk. Yeah. And it's because they had a whole season to show you who the better teams were, and, they, and they're winning these games down the stretch. Right. They've been in close games. Like you said, the non-conference schedule that Michigan State plays, they'll play anybody. Right. And they'll go anywhere. Right. Um, Tom Izzo is just uh, – I think he's – if if he's not the best coach in college basketball, mm-hmm. he's in the top three. Oh, I agree with you. I agree with you. And Big Ten basketball is grueling. They beat each other up all year. Purdue. Mm-hmm. You know, I think the first – I think uh, Big Ten lost one one game the first round. I mm-hmm. think the Big Ten conference itself was like no, the Big Ten. One. Big Ten was on quite a run at the beginning of the tournament. Uh, and they no do. Doubt. They just beat each other up. But mm-hmm. they're, they're ready for a tournament when it comes time to play. Yeah, you could um, – yeah, it could come down to – I don't. It's going to be interesting, you know. When it gets down to the final four, you know, and I, now so you already have. Um, I'm taking Virginia you know, to win it all. You're taking Virginia to win yep, it all. I had them at the beginning of the year. I, uh, I shouldn't say that. I had them at the beginning of the tournament. That's who I took. And we got Duke, mm-hmm. and then the winner of today's these two games. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm going to go Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I, 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 that's who I take. I'm taking Michigan State to win. Okay. Their okay. side of the bracket. So, Virginia, Michigan State. I'd like, you know what? I'd be, I'm going to be rooting for Michigan State. 
I'm not that much of a Duke fan. It's, and look, it's, yeah, it's like hating the Patriots. You know, you, you just can't stand the success. Um, you like to see new teams in there. I like Tom Izzo a lot. I like how he structures his teams. I remember the first time I ever got to go to an NCAA basketball tournament, uh, the, the, and you know, the March madness, I was living in Cleveland and they were hosting first round games. And, um, I'm sorry to hear that you once lived in Cleveland. Cleveland was actually a great place to live, but okay. that's a topic for another day. Yeah, that's uh, going to be, that's a lie is what that is. <laughs> no, Cleveland was actually beginning its <laughs> renaissance. Down uh, on the flats. The flats the is flats. awesome. The flats man. was great. It and actually fun. going to Indians games was a lot like going to pirates games. Is that the old stadium? The mistake on the no, lake? No, this was at Jacobs field. This oh, okay. was the Jake. And, um, and I was there when the Browns came back, but, <clears throat> You know, it, when I was in uh, when I was in Cleveland, and they, I believe they had the first round games. They weren't at Gundarina, I believe they were actually at the. We were at the Cleveland State University. The, they had the first round games there, and what was great was um, that was the year Michigan State won the NCAA tournament with Mateen Cleves yeah. playing point guard. Yeah. And I got to watch them play against Valparaiso in that first round game. The second game, I think it was an eight and nine matchup between Stanford and Utah. And I was expecting this. Oh, yeah. You know, these are two teams that were kind of on the up and they're really, really good shooting. Worst shooting basketball <laughs> game I ever watched in my life. Yeah. They threw up more. They threw up so many bricks. You could have built a mansion. It was unbelievable. <laughs> we're just sitting there watching this. We were all fired up for a really, really good game because, you know, 20 Michigan State. 20 to 18 and a yeah, half. <laughs> Michigan State had pretty much handled Valparaiso, although I believe the year before Valparaiso had made a little bit of a run into the Sweet 16. So, you know, Valparaiso kept it relatively close for the first half, but then Michigan State pulled away. So when Bryce Drew was there? Uh, I don't remember. The kid that hit the Valpo shot. No, I believe that he was a senior that year, so that was a year before. Right. So Valpo wasn't the same team, but. You could see how really, really good Michigan State was that year. They were a great basketball team. And, um, you know, I just – I remember it's like – I thought it was ironic. Here I am in one little quarter of the country, and I got to see the first-round game of the eventual national champ, yeah, which fun. was pretty cool. Was pretty so you cool. lived in Cleveland. Were you anywhere near a little suburb called Rocky River? Or? I was relatively – close okay, to that. I got to tell a story. Okay, no so names. let's hear this a story. Awesome. No names. Yeah. So we used to go to a baseball trip every year and we would drive as far as Detroit or somewhere out west and then hit stadiums on the way home. Four of us from my hometown. We stop in Cleveland and we're there for, uh, we get there one night and then we're going to the game the next day and then from Cleveland we're leaving and then heading to Pittsburgh mm -hmm. and then our final trip to the city. So we go to Rocky River. Something. How we got there, I don't know. I think might maybe the hotel was that way. But because we didn't have a game until the next day, we decided to go for a beverage or 30. And we were in there, and there's a big sign. And we're, we've been there for several hours. We're doing drinking and having some shots and just enjoying it. It was a very nice laid-back area during the day. As the evening came, and we've been there a while, there was a sign on the bar that said, uh, hard-boiled eggs, three for a dollar. I'm like, well, I'm getting some of that. <laughs> so I get them. And my one of my best friends was sitting to my left, and I took an egg and I tapped him on the shoulder, and he looked at me, and I broke that hit him right between the eyes with a hard boiled egg, and I laughed like I was a schoolgirl, little schoolgirl, and he had eggshells stuck to his forehead the whole time, you know, and he so we're all giggling. Little did we know, as we're laughing and looking to the right and giggling and high fiving and stuff. Uh, my best friend decided it was so funny he was going to do it too only he did it to the guy to his left who wasn't with us <laughs> who was wearing a motorcycle club jacket and he had to have been six four i don't know 250 and just not a nice didn't look nice but he did he tapped him the guy looked and he hit him right between the <laughs> eyes with a hard-boiled egg <laughs> and just like my friend who i almost just said his name the guy had eggshells still stuck between his eyes he looked right past my friend, Barstool, and he looked at me. He pointed to me and gave me the come here, the finger. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, huh, I'm, I'm not going down there. He says, you better, you have to, you, you're going to want to come down here. So I went down, and he pulled me in close. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, you have 30 seconds to leave this establishment on your own, or all four of you are going to leave at the same time with some help. So now I'm trying to now I get it right right you I'm get still it. giggling yeah, but yeah I know that we got to leave and you I'm trying get to get out. these three other idiots yeah 
out and they don't understand the dire the, necessity the, the of us getting out of here. Yes. Yeah. Um, we made it by a second or two because the guy was coming, walking towards us as we were going through the dog into the parking lot. And thank God there was a key fob because we had no idea. We couldn't remember where we parked. So you were honking the horn. Is so he was, yeah, we're hitting the key fob and we can hear the lights fly. We can see lights and horns. So we go to get in it. And, uh, luckily, um, we found it and we got out of there. So nothing, nothing bad happened. <laughs> but anytime <laughs> someone mentions the word Cleveland, I can think of the Rocky the, the Rocky Rock, River? Yeah, the Rocky yeah. River incident. It was. The Rocky and River and incident. I'm going to tell you what, they couldn't have been nicer at the place. It was, it was totally our fault. But that's my, I can't get, I can't hear Cleveland without telling that story. That's a great story. Actually, that's a, that's a tremendous so story. So please, folks, if that. there is a sign that says I three hard-boiled eggs for a dollar, you do not have to get them. Um, I recommend you just <laughs> eat them, peel them, eat them. Uh, I'm pretty sure those three hard-boiled eggs for a dollar sign came down the next day. I got to make a note. Thank you, Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> I got to make a note uh, for the next podcast. I'll share my Please. Cleveland. So now this was before I lived there, oh, but okay. we'll, I'll, I'll share that story. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, yeah. I got some oh, stories. Oh, you oh, name a city, I can probably give you a, a good it's city. A, it's a really good one. So let's hope we never talk about <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> That's going to be another bad. Um. So we got a few minutes left. Let's wrap things up with some hockey. Well, I got to tell you, you were right, because I think in the first podcast at the end, we asked each other if we thought the Penguins were going to make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And at the time, they were out of it by two or four points. Mm -hmm. And I said no. And I said it because I didn't think Murray was playing well. I didn't like the way he was switching the lines. Um, They had some key injuries in defense. Um, and I was totally wrong. Um, now I will say that they continue to play down to their competition because mm-hmm. they're beating the teams that they they're beating Tampa Bay, they're beating Washington, they're beating Boston, right. and then they lose to Buffalo. Um, Philly beat them twice on ridiculous goals. Uh, but you're right, they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think that you know the other night they 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 played Nashville uh, and they got beat by Nashville three to one. Um, and who's the goalie for Nashville? And Niemi. <laughs> I hate that guy. Yeah, it's uh, you know, it was a, I don't know, it was a tough loss to take, but you know they were, you know, Nashville had a, they they came in there on fire because they're going after their after their division lead, um, you know, so it wasn't one of those situations where. You know the Penguins played down to the competition. Actually, Penguins um, they didn't. Well, Nashville's score. a good team. They're a really good team. I mean, the 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 Penguins didn't score till there was a minute and three seconds left in the third period. Um, well, there was a chance of last until the last couple of games that uh, Pittsburgh could actually catch Washington and win that division, the Metropolitan. Yeah, yeah. Pekka, and, Pekka Rene, by the way, yeah. Pekka Rene, not uh, that's bad. So for all you hockey fans so. out there, we get our Russian goaltenders. <laughs> um, but I like where they're at now as far yeah. as playoff goes because, for those that don't know, the hockey playoff structure is asinine. It's not. You know, one weird. plays eight, two plays seven. It's, it's not like that. So they do want to see a divisional matchup in the first round. Um, a, it it eliminates a team from each division, so right. you don't have to worry about them playing in right. semifinals right. or something. And B, you get a lot more, you know, rivalries in the first round. So it's not like an easy cakewalk. Right. I like where Pittsburgh is. They're going to end up, I, I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, they play Carolina today and they're only two points ahead of Carolina. Right. But I believe if they finish where they do now, they will play the Islanders on the first round. Right. Islanders are good because they finally hired a coach, and he's totally transformed that young team. Mm-hmm. But what the Islanders don't have is playoff experience. Right. I think if you get ahead of them two games to one, if you get ahead of them two goals in a game, right. I think they're going to feel some pressure. And I think Pittsburgh can win that matchup. And I do not want to play Washington. I don't want to play uh, Tampa. <laughs> And that uh, I don't want to play those guys, and I want them to to be beat up a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that um, Matt Murray is certainly playing better than he was now that. Well, he's also playing more often. He, he's playing more often. The other night, you know, you've got to give it up for for Pekarene. I mean, he saved forty two out of forty. He stood on shots. his head. He yeah, did. he played a good you know, game. And you're gonna you're gonna have those nights where you run into a hot goaltender, and you know, it's not like you know Murray. 
gave up god awful goals. It's just you know, it's one of those nights. Well, they're the same team. Yeah, they Pittsburgh are. has ninety five points and uh, Nashville has ninety four. Right. Uh, the goal differential is actually uh, Pittsburgh's plus thirty one, mm-hmm. Nashville's plus twenty one. Yeah. Uh, neither team is is great. Uh, is is hot. Uh, Nashville's five four and one in their last ten, and Pittsburgh was six two and two. So it was just a game. Um, Pittsburgh had a layoff, a long layoff, finally, because they were playing a brutal schedule where they seemed to play every other game, right. every other day. They actually got they actually got Carolina today. Right. Oh, do they? Okay. Yeah, they got Carolina. Yeah, that's today. what I said. Again, they're yeah. only two points ahead. Yeah. So that's going to be a big one. And yeah, Columbus that's a big game. looks like Carolina and Columbus are a point apart and they're fighting for the last spot. Right. 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 Yeah, Montreal is next. They get, they got ninety two points, but statistically they're. Just a nick below Columbus, and then yeah, I don't get that. I guess they both have ninety two. Philadelphia points. was, I guess, they were eliminated yesterday. They're from out. The playoff contender. Yeah, they're, they're out. out so. Thank you, Flyers. Uh. Florida's out. <laughs> yeah, they're all eliminated. It's down to basically one. It's two teams. Right. It's Carolina, Columbus. Well, I shouldn't say that. We got to put Montreal still has a chance. Yeah, Montreal still has a chance. Absolutely. And actually, and Montreal's playing the best out of all those three teams. Montreal, yeah, yeah, they, they're. Their goal differential is plus 11. That's not right. great. No. So no. they're winning a lot of close games. But they also have a really, really top-end goaltender. They do. And, and you, yeah. just like, uh, you know what it's like when the playoffs, goalies win. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, fast pitch, do fastball. Doesn't matter how good the team is, the best pitcher wins. I'll be – it's going to be really fascinating this year to watch the Penguins in the playoffs and especially how Matt Murray plays in this playoff season because, you know, it's going to be him – barring any kind of injury in the playoffs. If it's Casey DeSmith, boy, I, I don't mind if Casey DeSmith has to play a game here or a game there, but, man, you don't want him to be your starting goaltender through the playoffs. Um, no, I think Casey agent. DeSmith, if you get up three games to one, uh, three, two games to none, uh, and you need to, and he needs a blow. Murray yeah. needs a blow. Yeah, throw him in and see how the game goes. Yeah, um, yeah. it's not like you, he's so bad that you're going to be down three nothing. No. Um, let's see how it goes. They definitely both have different weaknesses and strengths. Right. The Smith's not very big. He's a lot of net showing. He's yeah. just a small guy, but he's quicker than Murray. He is a little bit quicker than Murray, no doubt. Um, but Murray is better positionally in the net than well, he is, Casey DeSmith is. But they both have holes. No, they do. Like Murray, do. everyone goes high. Mm-hmm. Everybody tries to score high on Murray. Mm-hmm. You don't do that on DeSmith. He's better with his glove. Right. Everyone goes side to side on him. Right, right. So it just depends who you're playing. Um, but I like... I, I, Pittsburgh needs this win today. I want them to finish where they are now so they get the Islanders in the first round, even though the Islanders have more points than they do. I just think their youth, their inexperience in the playoffs, and conversely, Penguins' playoff experience, give me Sid, give me Malkin. It'll probably come down to the Penguins and the Capitals again. I hope uh, That's always a great series. It's a great I series. I mean, I used to hate Ovechkin, but the more you watch him play, the guy's – just good. He's he's improved his Wilson, game. Somebody uh, finally got it through his thick skull. You've got to do more. Than if just you shoot want the, the team to win, you've got to do more than just shoot the puck. Absolutely. You've got to do more than just cherry pick or be screaming for the puck all the time. You know, and he's better yeah. defensively now. Yeah, he's, and he's a better, better passer. Yeah, because that was like it was it always cracked me up on some of these message boards from Capitals fans that be like, <laughs> well, Penguins keep on winning cups, you know, but Ovechkin's still better than Crosby. I'll say this. Ovechkin's a better goal scorer than Crosby is. I mean, the the stats bear that out. I still think Sidney Crosby's a better overall player than Ovechkin is. But here's here's what really, really cracked me up last year. So I'll tip my hat to the Capitals. They did what they had to do. They looked like a lot of Penguins teams, you know, grinding their way through the playoffs and winning a cup. I remember, I I think this was a guy's video, like his video podcast or something like that. And he's like, that's it. That seals it. It's over. Alexander Ovechkin will always be, is and will always be a greater hockey player than Sidney Crosby. Well, he had to be one of their announcers. (laughs) Really? Like I, I mean, I'm I'm counting cups. I'm counting all these other things. Oh, just you know, points just, in a season, yeah, assists. Yeah. You know, one thing you say about Crosby, he also got better defensively. Oh, he did. Yeah. And he's a he's. I think he's the best passer in the NHL. 
He's an incredible passer. Now, speaking of passing, have you watched Tampa Bay at all? Best li- passing team I've yeah. ever seen. Yeah. Those they, guys put it on the stick. They're quick. They know what they have a plan. Their power play is incredible. I, I watched them a week or so ago. They played at Washington. I believe it was at Washington. And man, they, they came out in the second period. I think they were down. They were down one nothing going into the first intermission. All right. And they're 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 at the Capitals. And they Tough came place out, to play. Yeah. And they came out in the second period. Bang, bang, bang. Three goal. Like just the and, passing is, incre- yeah, is it, incredible. It is. It is. I mean, again, though, when we talked about this on the last podcast, you know, I, I have I have family in, in Tampa that are Lightning fans and they're they're like they with all the talent on this team and how well they perform in the regular season, they better bring it like in, in because look, look, look at the look at the Lightning. So last year they inexplicably get bounced by the Capitals going into that series. Now the Capitals were playing much better, but I thought the Lightning played awful in that series. The, you know, a year before that, or a couple years, <clears throat> excuse me, a couple years before that, they come within a Chris Kunitz overtime goal. Uh, no, 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 I'm sorry. That was Ottawa. But yeah, they, was they, Ottawa. they ran into, they ran into the Penguins in the playoffs and lost a really, really tough series to the Penguins. You know, so they've got all this great talent. They've got solid goaltending. I love, I love their goaltending. I, I, I think he, he's in, he's incredible. But um, the thing I like about they Tampa gotta, they gotta is bring it. they play as well away as they do at home. I know. Um, ninety-seven points plus ninety-seven differential. They're hot at the right time. They're healthy. Uh, now Penguins are also getting healthier at the right, right time. Right. This is this could be a perfect storm. For the Penguins. You on the last podcast brought up about the trades that Rutherford made. Yeah. At the time, you said, who cares? I did. And I was but, I, was I wrong? Yeah. yeah especially, I mean, McCann, of all of them. Wait, was McCann the number one draft no, pick from for the other team? I, I think he was a number he was one. A who former did, number one. Yeah, who didn't do he anything. didn't quite know, but he's been, especially, I think he has already a couple of shorthanded goals. For the Penguins, he's played really well. Really, really well. He's oh. done. He's done everything that the Penguins had hoped Broussard would do. You know, in, in a lot of ways. You know, as far as adding some spark. Broussard was going. the one trade that did not work out for them. Like every year, they make some good, decent trades, yeah. and he just didn't play well. He didn't. Well, get, he didn't. Even fit. that. Um, uh, you know, and I. Who's the big goon they got? I can't from think of his from name. From Vancouver. And I can't think of his name off the top of my head. But the first, I think one of the very first games they played Washington, he went right after Wilson and crunched him against the boards twice and then just stood there and smiled. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Penguins did not have that. Uh, no, Wilson used to just run amok on those guys. Uh, he gave a couple. I wouldn't want to fight Wilson. This guy doesn't care. Right, right. This guy's a goon, but he's also a decent hockey player, and he, he – as soon as he stepped on the ice for Pittsburgh that that game against Washington, things were different, and Pittsburgh played Eric, differently. Eric Gudbrinson. Yeah, that, whatever. That, yeah. God bless you. Yeah, he he uh, he came over from Vancouver. He's he's a monster. Like he's a really. But I a the, my big, favorite play. He crushed Wilson into the boards, and then Wilson looked at him and he smiled at him. <laughs> he just went, "What? It, bring it." Six foot five, two hundred and seventeen pounds. Like, he's a big guy. You know, he's not, I mean, he's, he's not gonna, you know, he's, he's not a scoring defenseman, but he's one of those guys that good luck trying to post a guy in front long of reach. That. Yeah. Long, long reach, reach and he yeah. will knock you down. Yeah. And I can't, and play, there's nothing better in playoffs than hockey oh. because you play until you winner. I don't care if yep. it's 14 periods. You just play until you win and uh, four on four, yeah. three on three. Uh, yeah. It's just every, It's just. It's fast break, shot, shot, going back. It's so exciting. You're on the edge of your seat. I love. I love playoff hockey. I really is. Like it's one of my favorite times of the year. I'm trying but, to well, think how many games they got left. It's under five, right? Yeah, there's not a lot. There's Let's not. See, a, there's Penguins. not a. There's not a ton. Uh, they just got a few games left. I think you know one of the things they were looking at between the Penguins and all the other uh, playoff contenders is that the Penguins had the easiest schedule. Out of out of all of them, so you've got you've got Carolina today. So and actually, they got a total of only four games. So they've got yep, Carolina it. at home today. They're at Detroit on Tuesday, Thursday. Detroit comes here, so it's a home and home. 
and then they wrap up the regular season on Saturday uh, at home against the Rangers. And you know that may not have any. It may have no bearing by then. So you might be, you might see them resting a bunch of guys huh. on that day. Because remember, I you know they there's guys that they can still call up uh, from their minor league system to play. Um, That's at so Pittsburgh, far, seven p.m. on mm-hmm, the sixth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, interesting. But you were right. I was wrong. They did make the playoffs. So it looks yeah. like they're going to make. The it looks like they're going to make it. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch. And we'll be, you know, getting a little bit closer. Um, well, probably on our next podcast, we'll be right in between uh, that period of time, where we'll be preparing for the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll have a, a definite idea of who the Penguins are going to be playing in the first round, and we'll kind of see we'll have where to that update the uh, fighting Buckos. Um, yeah, we'll be able to see my prediction of them finishing dead last in their division. Um, we'll give you more updates on that. Yep. And, uh, <laughs> you know what, what we, I mean, it's, it's funny, you know, it's, it's, it's hilarious how fast an hour goes by, but we're there, you know, we're, we're at an hour and, um, you know, it's what we're looking for. Everybody is, you know, check us out on Facebook, uh, check us out on Twitter. Um, you know, we're going to start building up these platforms and, you know, having a presence there. We'd love to have your comments on uh, on the podcast. We'd any questions? To, any questions you have? Any recommendations for guests? Um, you know, we'd like to get some guests on when we can. And eventually we'd like to be able to offer this live at some point. But, hey, it's a build. It's something we've got to build up on. And um, and we do have really, people, uh, guests, that a wide range of interests. Um, music is one. We've got guys in fantasy baseball. We could yeah. talk on fantasy baseball. Yeah. Um, we got guys that have grown up watching hockey like right. we've grown up watching football. We've mm-hmm. got we've got people that know what they're talking about. Yeah, better than us, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> True that. All, all right, everybody. Well, it, Thank was, you. it was another great uh, another great podcast. We will have this one downloaded. Be looking forward and looking for it and check us out next time. See you. Thank you. Bye.